Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. It's that time again. We are back for another great episode. And man, we are going to learn to earn this week. I'm telling you what we've got. We're, first of all, I'm going to teach you with a little bit of help from my friends how to supercharge your retirement plan. With us today, I've got Larissa Green. She is the education director over at Advanta IRA. This is the company where I keep my IRA. Love working with these people. We do some education there um, at their facilities in Largo, Florida. That's where I host my Cashflow 101. They've been gracious enough to invite us over there and provide us their venue free of charge so that I can help educate the community free of charge. Without them, frankly, that wouldn't be possible. So Larissa, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Tyler. So today, this is going to be cool. We're going to tell stories all day. It's going to be story time. Everybody get their binky and their blankie and off we go. We're going to tell stories. I love stories, right? They say that stories sell, right? And why is Larissa here? She's here to tell you some cool stuff on different ways you can roll or you can invest with your self-directed IRA. Now, a little backstory, and I'm going to, I've already told her before we hit record, I'm going to make a mistake at some point during this episode, and I'm charging her with the responsibility of keeping me giving you accurate information because I don't know all the rules with IRAs. I have Advanta. I don't need to know all the rules. I just call them, right? end of the day, they keep it simple. So that said, Larissa, a self-directed IRA basically means that the person that owns the IRA, the the account holder, they get to control their retirement, correct? That is correct. And um, more specifically, we help people who want to invest outside of the market. So a lot of brokerage firms, they offer self-direction in that you can choose from a list of investments, but we actually don't have any investments for you at all. It's completely up to you. So you can invest in just about the sky's the limit as far as assets are concerned for your self-direction. IRA. And actually the, the list of the things that they call it the short list for a reason, because it's actually a really short list of the things you can't invest in. I'm going to miss a couple I always do, but I know one of them is antiquities, right? That's right. Yeah. More specifically, it's just antiques or collectibles, as we say, and also life insurance. That's it. Just those two things, life insurance and collectibles. Oh, no. Infinite banking. Boy, that's an episode. That's a whole episode all in itself. <laughs> <laughs> a whole life policies that people think are investments. Gotta love it anyway. But yeah. Okay. So so you can't do those those couple things. Everything else is pretty much, if it's legal, it's pretty much fair game. No, I don't think you can you know, trade crack and build a meth house with your IRA, but you can do just about everything else. And the, and the list of things that I'm just looking at your website here are uh, oil and gas rights. This is just a short list of examples. This is not even close to all of it, but this is just part of it. Oil and gas rights, tax certificates, structured settlements, commercial paper, cryptocurrency. That's a new one. I didn't know that. Convertible notes, commodities, livestock, timberland. I like timberland. And uh, rights are one. Warrants. I'm not quite sure what that means. Maybe it's oil and gas rights tied in together. I don't know, but accounts receivable, factoring, and equipment leasing. That's just a couple things, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And and I would say that, you know, I speak to people every day about their ideas for their self-directed IRA. And at least once a month, I hear about an investment that I have not talked to somebody about in the past. So it's very interesting. One of the things I like, guys, is out thinking outside the box, right? I don't like vanilla stuff. What I, what I love about self-directed IRAs, I love a lot of things about self-directed IRAs, but one of the things I love about IRAs is that I get to control what I do with my money. And the clients that, that work with me and invest with uh, with us, with Cashflow Guys, they have complete control over what they're doing, which is beautiful. They don't have somebody else, a stranger usually, that takes a helicopter to work 
somewhere in New York City, maybe on Wall Street, gee, I don't know, that is living with these, you know, that that's out there playing Russian roulette with my retirement. That terrifies me, right? Because at the end of the day, stockbrokers, God love them, but stockbrokers, they get paid whether you win or lose. Every time something happens in your account, a sale, a buy or a sell, they get paid every time. And they're the ones that actually make the decision. So it makes me wonder, how can that possibly be a bulletproof scenario? I can't. And at the end of the day, I don't have all the answers, but I do know I want to control where my money goes. I want to know what's going on. I want to be able to vet the players. I don't know who Johnny the stockbroker is investing in. I don't know the company he's investing in. They're making trades. If you're a mutual fund, they're making trades and whatnot without any input from me. Not that I'm a stock expert, but I'd like to know before you invest in a company that I just saw in Wall Street Journal is about to go haywire. And with self-directed IRAs, you can absolutely do that. Now, I want to tell a story first, Larissa. I'm going to steal a show for just a second. A very creative way that I've had I've done IRA lending in the past with one of the IRAs I had years ago. I've had a couple over the years. One of the things I did was I I know a guy that fixed jet skis. He was really good at fixing jet skis. Now, the deal with the self-directed IRA, and again, Larissa, if I'm wrong, if I step out of line, you correct me, but I'm really not supposed to do the work myself. In other words, it's supposed to be kind of a a hands-off, arm's-length type transaction, correct? That is correct. You want to make sure that all of the investments that you're making are for investment purposes and that you're not involved or providing sweat equity essentially. And that also, that extends to what the IRS considers disqualified persons. So spouses, children, grandchildren, parents, grandparents, and spouses and business entities of those. So truly third party arm's length types of transactions. So for me, what I did is number one, I'm not a jet ski mechanic. Lord help me. I wouldn't, I'm not good at that, but I am good at putting deals together. So what I did is I went out and I found opportunities where people needed money and they needed to sell their jet skis that were broken and they didn't have the money to fix them. So I used my self-directed IRA to buy the skis. And then we had, a, the guy that was doing the work for me, he he did the, the whole transaction. So he would help make the buy and then he would do the repairs. We would sell the jet ski and then the IRA, my IRA and him would split the profits. It was great for him because he made it a well above average investment of his time and he made a, a nice chunk of change back. At the time, I didn't have a whole lot of money in that particular IRA. So I was able to grow that IRA pretty quickly by leveraging somebody else's time along with my IRA's money. And together we could do great things. It made things real easy. He made a lot of money. I made a lot of money and everybody was happy at the end of the day. Now, what was the only thing, the downside of that, I'll tell you, Larissa, is that I couldn't, I wasn't supposed to go riding the jet skis after that though, but you know, whatever. I <laughs> Yes, that's correct. (laughs) I had to forego that. So I wound up buying my own jet ski. (laughs) <laughs> my own money so I can ride it myself and you can fix all the jet skis. And I don't want to take that one for a ride. I like mine better because it's brand new. But <laughs> There you go. That was the downside, really. That was it. I couldn't go play with it. And I know that folks buy real estate in their IRA. And yeah, you're not supposed to go take your family there. So just don't go suck up the asset at the end of the day. Why would you anyway? Because when you go stay in that house you own with your IRA, number one, you're breaking the rules. Number two, it's not generating, generating income while your butt's sitting on the couch in that house. That defeats the purpose of doing it within your IRA. And it's my understanding, Larissa, that really the whole idea here is is that IRS is totally cool with you directing your own IRA, your own retirement account, as long as you follow their couple simple rules. Yes, that is correct. IRAs have been able to be self-directed since IRAs came into existence back in the early 1970s. So this has always been something allowed. It's just that there's not a lot of firms like ours that can handle these, what the other brokerage firms might consider hard to value assets. And so that's where we kind of fill in the gaps 
and hold these assets, but you've really always been allowed to do it. From my chair, this is not, you know, I imagine Wall Street is not a fan of a self-directed IRA because you're essentially taking the money off of Wall Street. You're taking the money out of that brokerage account and putting it back within your own control where you actually can dictate what's going on with your investments. And it's sad that it's taken this long to become mainstream because I didn't know about self-directed IRAs up until about four or five years ago. I didn't know such a thing. I was invested in 401ks and, and profit sharing plans and I was signed on to the lie, so to speak. But since then, and it's been great and never look back, frankly. There truly less than 2% of all retirement accounts are self-directed. And so really our yeah. marketing is very simply through education because it's true. A lot of people just don't know that you can do this. So if, I've, if I'm working a job, like for me, I worked for the federal government. I had the, and I have a lot of government workers that are probably sitting home doing nothing right now as the government shut down as we're recording this episode on January 16th. Uh, they've got the thrift savings plan. I was able, one of the strategies I did is I took a loan against my thrift savings plan, which at the time was like, I think it was 0.7% interest. It was less than a percent interest. I borrowed against it. I paid back that loan with my paycheck, my government paycheck, and I used that money to open a self-directed IRA and actually get a better return because when I looked at after I took all the fees off of the top of my thrift savings plan, because it looks great on the surface, but when I dug in and looked at, okay, how much am I really netting for every investment dollar? The fees were exorbitant. And that was even with the thrift savings, which is supposed to have been, at least that's what they were telling us, one of the lowest feed structured retirement plans out there. I love the fact that I can then put it with a company like yours, like Advanta, and I can choose, hey, if I want to go, I don't know, invest in a widget company or I want to loan money to somebody that's flipping a house or I want to do whatever I want to do. I want to buy livestock. I guess I can do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And something to keep in mind too is that it's not an all or nothing strategy. So you can move over the amount of money that you just want to self-direct. So if you're really looking for the ability to diversify in your investments, you can still hold whatever it is that you want with your brokerage firm because the IRS does give you the ability to have as many IRA accounts as if you'd like, and you just move over what, with us what it is that you want to invest in. You know, if you find a property for $50,000 or $75,000, you can move over just the amount needed to make that investment. Uh, see, I didn't know that. That's good stuff. So let's talk about rollover just for a second. And for those of you that don't know, if you've got a 401k or some sort of a retirement account right now, there are some rules you can roll these things over depending on certain rules. In other words, with the thrift savings plan, I couldn't just cash out the thrift savings plan. I would pay a penalty because I was still employed by the federal government at the time. I had to actually leave government employment to take all of the money out of the, out of that retirement plan. And that's, that's common, I guess, Larissa, with a lot of employers, but I know there are some, and I know Verizon is one of them, that you can do an in-service withdrawal without penalty or in-service rollover. That's correct. So um, typically, if you're still participating in the plan, they won't allow you to move it. But what I've kind of found is that you know larger employers like Verizon, their plan does give you the ability to move over some or all of what you have currently in that plan. So it's just going to depend on the administrator and on the plan. And so if you're currently employed, you do want to check with them and see if they're going to allow you to move any of it to self-direct. Now, if you've severed ties with that employer, they have to allow you to move it. So that's kind of one of those things where you have advantages and disadvantages. Okay. So I got to absolutely, in most cases, I'm going to have to leave the employer. There are cases, as you said, where I wouldn't have to if you were a Verizon employee and stuff like that. That's cool. But I guess it really comes down to reach out to the fund and or whoever's managing it and find out. And I imagine it's been my experience. A lot of times they're not very forthcoming 
forthcoming with that. You got to kind of do the dance with them and get them to admit that, yes, you can take your money. Yeah. And another thing you can do is just if you don't have a copy of the plan documents, you can ask for a copy and then look within the rules somewhere. It'll be listed under in-service distributions as to whether or not you're allowed to do that. So in-service distributions. That's good. Okay. So you can search that document. And that's, let's say I work for, I don't know, let's say I work for Verizon and, and I can do that. I can cash in my money. I, now I make the arrangements. At that point, I reach out to Advanta. I establish an account with your company. And it's what, 100 bucks to open it or something like that, right? Yeah, uh, it's $50. Or $50, yeah. So you establish the account kind of like a bank account. Not really, but kind of like a bank account with you. And then I have you guys communicate with them and back and vice versa. Is that usually how it works? Well, when you're moving from an employer plan, it's actually um, the account holder that needs to reach out. And just very simply because of privacy laws, they won't talk to us, but we'll give you the steps to take. So you're going to get your account open with us. When you do the rollover, when you're moving funds from an employer plan directly to an IRA account, there's no taxes or penalties paid. So it's seamless when you do it. We'll give you an account number and we'll give you our address. And then you go and complete the forms with the plan administrator and they'll mail the check either to you, but made out to your IRA or they'll mail it directly to us and that complete the process. Nice. And then basically I've got options when it comes to, there's several different account options, which we won't go into this episode. There's lots of stuff in there, but if you go to advantaira.com and click on the top where it says self-directed IRA plans, there's a whole list of choices there that you can do. And the, the top two are the most common as the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA. And the big difference is, is that Roth IRA is tax exempt. In other words, you're investing post-tax dollars, correct, Larissa? Mm-hmm. Yep, and absolutely. So no tax. So if I make, if I put 10 grand in, in a Roth, I've already paid taxes on that 10 grand. That's a net figure. Then if I make a hundred grand off of that tax-free money or that $10,000, that's all completely tax-free, the gains. That is correct. There's only two rules for the Roth IRA to be tax-free. One, you have to reach age 59 and a half. And right. two, the Roth IRA has to be open for a minimum of five years. So as long as those two rules are true statement, then any growth in that Roth IRA is going to be tax-free at the time that you take distribution. Nice. So that's, that's pretty awesome. The reason why I want to do this episode is I run into a lot of people out there that say, but Tyler, I don't have enough money to really invest much of anything in my IRA. And I say that's not, I just don't think that's the case. And I know there's there's options where you can use non-recourse lending. You can, the IRA itself can use a non-recourse lender and do like like a 50-50, the non-recourse lender comes in with 50%. The IRA comes in with 50%. It's a non-recourse loan. You could, let's say if you had 50,000 in an IRA and you needed 50,000 or you needed to buy a $100,000 house, I know the IRA could essentially borrow the other 50 from a non-recourse lender. And the reason that is for, if I'm correct, is that the IRA as an entity, it really can't have, it can't sign, on, you know, responsibility for a note. Is that correct? That's that is correct. So you can't give a personal guarantee or extend your personal credit for a loan to the IRA. So as long as it is non-recourse and it is a loan to the IRA directly, then that is permissible. And then they buy, let's say I go buy this IRA, my IRA buys this house. And for whatever reason, I can't make the mortgage. Maybe I bought a turnkey rental and the numbers were wrong, whatever. And, I, and the house goes into foreclosure. Is there any personal liability to Tyler? I, mean, I didn't personally guarantee it. So really they get, the lender gets her in first position lien status. So they, they really can't come back after the IRA, can they? Basically their only recourse is to foreclose and take the property back. Take the asset. Okay. In my opinion, it's a reduction of liability if things go wrong, because I got to say it, there's a lot of folks out there making investment decisions right now that they're going to find out later aren't probably the best things for them. That said, let's get into the 
just starting with a smaller amounts of money. For example, my wife and I are we're flipping land. So we're buying lots, land and breaking it up and subdividing and that type of thing. And some of these IRA plans, these people that have smaller IRA plans are perfect because we'll joint venture with them or we'll do a, a loan of them as the lender or partner with their IRA and buy these lots. We turn around and prep them for sale and mark them up and we turn around and sell them either we be on terms or, or we do a cash purchase or cash sale or something like that. So their IRA makes a huge return. We make a huge return and everybody wins, right? So let's talk about some examples, Larissa, that you've done through Advanta where people have done some creative stuff because I love creative stuff. I've heard of people financing tractor trailers, all kinds of cool stuff. So give me some examples of, of some stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We had a client who actually bought mausoleum crypts in his IRA. I Wait, guess this like, particular... Oh, dead people? Like they put dead people? <laughs> well, they were, I think they were vacant at the time. I hope <laughs> <But> so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And remember, you can't use those for personal use. But um, I guess <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the area where the mausoleum crypts were being built, they were at a premium and he happened upon someone selling two for 15000 when they were selling at 20000 a piece. So he purchased them to hold on to them and then re- resell at some point. That Whoa. was very interesting. And they're titled, they actually are titled like real estate. And here at Advanta, what we do is make sure that the investment paperwork or the investment documents shows the IRA as the investor. And so we reviewed the title information to make sure Advanta IRA for benefit of this client's name and account number was on the document. And we signed it, he signed it, and he holds mausoleum crypts in his IRA. Nice. And what's the plan? He's just going to flip them later for more money? Yes, exactly right. So he's just going to hold on to them. And I guess there's appreciation in this type of investment and he's going to sell them at some point. So So let's talk about, I'm glad you brought the titling thing because when I did the jet skis, that's one thing I learned that initially I was a little intimidated by, but working with the IRA companies, that's your job is to help us through that process, which I liked is like, I could reach out to you and say, okay, here's the scenario. We're buying a mausoleum crypt. It is a titled property what's next? What are the steps? And then you guys can walk us through the steps, right? Right, exactly right. And so usually what I tell people is any of the investment documents that you would encounter if you were making this investment personally, that's what Advanta is going to need to see. Just basically as your record keeper, we're going to not only keep records of that, but help you make sure that it's properly titled so that we can demonstrate to the IRS that this is a tax deferred or tax free investment based on your IRS or your IRA status. And that's another important point I kind of glossed over there in the beginning is that you're, that is another function is that you are there basically to help me maintain my records in a neat and orderly fashion. And that as far as, as it pertains to the investment and to help me maintain compliance, because you guys are clearly have an expertise in the compliance department, making Absolutely. sure that we're playing by the rules with the, with the uh, IRA and that we don't, the last thing we'd ever want is to get in trouble with and do a prohibited transaction and maybe have our, our uh, IRA disregarded. That's not good. You want to talk about that for a second, what that means, what happens if you kind of break the rules? Right. The penalty is very steep. Let's say that I bought a rental property in my IRA and I used it as a second home and vacationed there five years ago, what happens is your IRA ceases to be an IRA January 1 of the prohibited, the year the prohibited transaction took place. So that means that I would have to amend five years of tax returns, basically making my IRA taxable from that year on. And also there's an excise tax. So it is a very hefty penalty. So play by the rules. And that's the, the advantage of having a company like yours. I guess that's a pun on the name, right? Advanta. <laughs> it's, it's having, having that advantage that you guys are there to help keep us compliant. And I've relied on that a lot. I'll tell you one thing as being the per, a, a person that's in the market, raising capital for deals. I love working with IRA companies because I love the fact that you have compliance departments that really help me eliminate my competition just by your own existence. Because the guy that's going to go out there and do things that they're going to cut corners, they're going to leave paperwork out. Maybe they're not going to disclose what they're 
they're supposed to just close it. They're not going to dot their T's and cross their I's. That's not going to fly through your compliance department. You're going to review all the documents to make sure they comply. And then I know you guys have that. All IRA companies have this big letter that you sign that says, you understand that this can happen, that can happen, this can happen, that can happen. As that extra layer of buyer beware type of thing. And a lot of investors I talk to, they freak out about that. It's like, oh my God, what are we going to do when they get that? I'm like, dude, embrace it. Because if you're doing things the right way, you got nothing to worry about. I mean, what does that matter? Right. And you know, from our point of view, you just want to keep in mind that we're not going to do due diligence on your investment. And so that really is a reminder to you that we are a third-party record-keeping company. That is our role. We're going to help you make sure that the title for the IRA is proper and that we're holding any documents that we need to hold, but it is up to the individual investor. It is up to you with your self-directed IRA to make sure that you're comfortable with the investment. We can't give you tax advice. We can't give you legal advice. So you just want to keep all of those things in mind when you're making an investment. And so if you ask me, hey, is this investment allowed within the IRS rules? I can answer that question. If you say, is this a good investment? Am I getting a good return. I can't answer that for you. Right. Which is cool. And I appreciate that. I like the fact that you are there to provide that background. That's pretty awesome. And more importantly, you're also there. One of the things I've liked about Advanta for a long time is your willingness to work with the community, with the investing community. Like you bring people like myself and Pete Fortunato and a lot of other real estate educators in to help educate your account holders. There's never a charge for that. It's absolutely free education. It helps give them different strategies, kind of like we're doing this podcast. People are going to walk away with a couple more tools in their tool belt ways they can leverage their retirement and get it working with that. Give me another good one. I want to hear another good story. Okay. Locally, there was a movie project and they were looking for funding. And one of our clients came to us and said, hey, there's this movie project. I really like to invest in it. And so we said, yeah, sure, you can invest in a movie project. So they brought us all the documents. Um, The producer of the movie project actually put together an LLC and they started raising capital. And so we actually had a few clients invest in the movie project. And locally, I actually spoke at a film festival in Orlando last year because somebody heard that you could do that and they wanted to learn about raising capital through IRAs. So that was a lot of fun. Nice. I like that. Here's a cool one that I that I did a while back, and I've actually done several of these. I haven't done one in a while. It's about time again. But one of the problems you see in America is that a lot of people are overextended on their credit cards. And when they get overextended on their credit cards, they, it seems like they can never get caught up because interest rates, you know, the interest rate on credit cards, depending on the person, can be off the chain. Like I've heard people paying like 20 some 20% more or more interest on their credit cards. And it's tough for the average person to get caught up. But what I've discovered is that I can help them with that. So let's say I have a couple thousand dollars in my IRA doing nothing, sitting there doing absolutely nothing. And for whatever reason, I don't want to invest with Uncle Tyler in the land in the land flipping business. I'm going to go do something else. One of the things I look at is what happens? How am I going to get my money back? That's the first question I ask myself and any good investor should. How am I going to get my money back? Second, what if I don't get my money back? What collateral is there? All right. So I have another cool story, one that I don't do enough of, admittedly. I need to get back on that again. I need to put some more cash in my IRA and start doing that again. It's helping folks out with credit card debt. You might think, why in the world would you help people out that got credit card debt that's even worse? But here's the thing. Credit card debt sometimes can be well over 20% interest. And a lot of folks have a hard time getting caught up. Maybe they had a family emergency. They, they just have a tough time getting caught up. So in this type of scenario, one of the strategies you can use is you can loan them the money to pay their credit card bill and think, well, Tyler, if they're already overextended, why would I take a bad situation and make it worse? Maybe you can give them a better deal than what the credit card companies can do. So let's say a credit card company is charging 20% interest. Would it make sense for you to give them a loan from your IRA at say 10, 12, 14, 15% interest? And you're thinking, well, what if they don't pay me, Tyler? What is my guarantee? Well, the first thing you do is you make sure they have some sort of collateral that they can throw into the thing. Maybe it's a car that doesn't have any lean against it. And then Advanta can walk you through the process of 
how you would go ahead and put a lien against their car. Or maybe they have a home where they have a lot of equity. Let's say they've got a mortgage. I don't know. Let's say we're talking about a $100,000 house. They own only owe 50 grand on it. So there's $50,000 in equity. If you loan them five or 10 grand and you put a recorded a note and a mortgage against that or recorded a mortgage against that property or your IRA did rather, if they don't pay you, technically the IRA could foreclose and wind up with a house. So that becomes a very secure investment. If you think about it, $10,000 lien against 50,000 in equity, I kind of hope they don't pay, right? That's one strategy where you can actually help people in the community get themselves financially right, provided that you make sure you protect yourself and your IRA and there's some sort of something built in to protect yourself, which you know, a good example is what I just shared is record a mortgage against the property or if it's a vehicle, maybe record a lien against the title or things like that. And if we have questions on stuff like that, you can you guys kind of advance to kind of walk us through that, right? Yeah. In the for clarity, the liens would be against or would be in, in favor of the IRA. So it wouldn't be Tyler Chef. It would be advanced IRA for the benefit of Tyler Chef or something to that effect, correct? Correct. Okay, good. Another one that I that I've come up with. And I have not done this one personally, but I know somebody that does. They had a little bit more money in their IRA. They had like um, thirty, forty thousand in their IRA, and they turned their IRA into a seven-figure IRA over about ten years doing this. Is they loaned down payment money to truck drivers. Truck drivers go to buy trucks. They got to have a decent down payment. So what they would do is they would loan the down payment to the truck in exchange for one a second lien position against the truck, because obviously the the bank that's loaning the money for the tractor trailer is in first position, but a second lien position. And then they also did some paperwork through an attorney's office where they pledged the receivables as additional collateral. So in other words, if they stop paying for this truck loan, you can actually collect some of their paycheck or the the IRA can. So I thought that was pretty creative. That is very creative. And that kind of goes along the lines of debt and at, you know having some sort of security, but not everything that we see is secured. I mean, we've seen unsecured notes. We've seen second, third mortgages. So again, completely up to the IRA holder as to what they're comfortable with. That's cool. And going back to the structures. For example, you, I'm a person that has five or 6,000 sitting in their IRA. I'm going to go ahead and say, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Lewis, but I'm going to go ahead and say there's all kinds of opportunity out there to do such a thing if you are creative. Yes, absolutely. And your company is there to kind of help us go, you can, I call up and say, Hey, I want to buy, I'm going to buy jet skis. Or I'm gonna, let's say I'm going to buy boat trailers. You're probably going to say, well, okay, if you're going to buy a boat trailer, it's going to have, it's a titled vehicle or it's going to have registration. So if you're going to put a tag on it and it needs to be done this particular way. You're going to walk us through that step. And then we go out and execute, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Guys and girls, think about all the, you know, I love talking about retail arbitrage. Think of all the retail arbitrage ways you could make money with your IRA, even if you don't have a massive amount of money in there. Let's say you've got a thousand dollars in your IRA. Maybe you can buy something off of Craigslist in the IRA and then turn around and flip it and sell it within the IRA. Some of the big things that we see with Sometimes people just want to open an account and make a contribution for the year. And so they might just put one or $2,000 into the account. A big thing that we see is tax liens. So tax liens are all over the board as far as what you can purchase them at. They have usually a very good return on them. And so you're not required to have a lot of money in order to get involved in that type of investment. I also see things like options on real estate, and that can be anywhere from $1,000 to $20,000, just depending on the option and the deal and and what you have going on. Another big thing that we see with um, smaller balance accounts might be wrap loans. If you're not familiar with wrap loans, you can check out our YouTube channel and look at some of the webinars that we've done, and we have one on wrap loans, but basically being in second position, but gaining some of the upside for the 
the whole amount. And so there's a lot of different unique investment strategies we see people use when they want to just invest starting with $1,000. And I love the fact that you guys are putting out that education. I know that on your website, you got your learning center. And in there, you've got uh, Advanta On Demand where you can watch the videos and, and do all that stuff. We've done a webinar together, you and I. We did, yep. It's on our yeah. YouTube channel and on our website. Guys, get over to the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and just type in Advanta IRA. It'll take you right to their YouTube channel. Tons of free education there. I mean, you get people that are, they even got like Pete Fortunato is, in my opinion, he's like, he's huge. I mean, that guy's awesome. I mean, he's one of those guys that when you're in the room, you just feel stupid because he's so smart. It's like, wow. <laughs> he's, he's really amazing. And we're really fortunate to be, you know, located where we are here in Florida because we have, you know, he's here locally and he comes on our webinars. He does lunch and learns with us. We also have John Schaub, Dyke Spotterford, Bill Cook. So we're very fortunate to be in this location and have a lot of good friends that come on and teach our contacts and clients what they do every day. Absolutely. Before we wrap up this episode, I want to just kind of, I want you to talk about Advanced IRA University real quick for those that are attorneys or realtors or whatnot, because I was something that I found out about and I was like, I took a couple of your courses. I thought they were great. So what we do basically, again, going back to our marketing is really just very simply through education is we're looking for marketing partners and those people are professionals in the community that basically there's an advantage to them to knowing about, for knowing about IRAs or self-directed IRAs. And we will work with professionals. It's three classes. This is no cost. They take a few classes with us and then basically we promote them on our website. So we have a professionals page. We put their information up there. We link to their website, basically saying, hey, this professional knows about self-directed IRAs because we get asked all the time, hey, I'm looking for an attorney that can help me that knows about this, or I need a real estate agent who's familiar with buying real estate in an IRA. And so those professionals are on our website. And basically what we do is just educate you. We help you with the marketing and then we put your information up on our website. That's good stuff. So those of you that are that fall into the category, if you're a CPA, attorney, a realtor, things like that, and you want to get certified, you want to learn more about self-directed IRAs, it's a great resource. Uh, we A lot of our clients, most of our investors, actually, I would probably say 95% of our investors are all self-directed IRA account holders. And it, it's a win-win for everybody. You've got could be like yours that, that helps keep things the way they should be. And it's just a good fit all the way around. And I got to say, I'm so happy having you come on this episode. I think there's a lot of information here. And those of you listening to the episode, get over to advantaira.com. Get on the website. It's a ton. It's a treasure trove of information on there. Go get on their YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. So when they put new videos out, you'll know about it. If you're in the Tampa Bay area or anywhere where they have an office, get out to the office. They do a lot of, you guys do a lot of live events as well in person. We do. Yep. We you usually do at least two a month. Um, and then we go wherever we're invited. So if you put together a group of friends and you want to have us come and talk about self-directed IRAs, we can do that too. And of course, you want to come out to my cash flow event and meet me in person if you haven't done that. And Larissa, because she's there sometime, come mm-hmm. over to the cash flow event because we do the cash flow one-on-one events at the Largo location of Advanta IRA. So Larissa, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. I know you got a lot going on. You're doing a lot of st- great stuff in the real estate industry. And thank you for investing in us. That a company like yours invests in the community and we really appreciate you. You're doing that and helping us out. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap this week of the Cashflow Guys podcast. I hope you found a lot of information here. And as I said earlier, this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just a teeny tiny little introduction of what you can do. Roll up your sleeve, get creative. If you want some ideas, you want to get on the phone with me, I can walk you through some other example stuff that we just didn't have time to go over here in the podcast. Head over to cashflowguys.com forward slash book Tyler, cashflowguys.com forward slash book Tyler. Get a, make schedule a time to get on the phone with me. Let's 
let's brainstorm. Let's come up with some cool ideas to get your IRA moving in the right direction. And of course, you want to reach out to uh, Advanta IRA. You can do that on their website, advantaira.com, or you can reach them by phone at 1-800-425-0653. Larissa, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Tyler. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.